Welcome to Ready for Mistakes, a contemporary photography podcast where I speak to lens-based artists about their creative process, ideas, artistic philosophy, and of course, their work. I'm your host, Jeff Smooty. I'm a fine art photographer and graduated from Illinois State University's photography program in 2019. Welcome to the sixth episode of Ready for Mistakes podcast. The last episode was just an update as to the status of the podcast and anything else that was going on at the time for me. But in this episode, I have a guest with me, uh, my friend Mike Harkovich. He also goes under the name Frank Atlas for his photography. Um, he's much like a musician would, uh, would have this alias that still attaches his real name to it. Um, but know that Frank and Mike are the same person. Mike went to uh, Dominican University uh, and graduated uh, a few years ago. Uh, he's been living and working in Chicagoland and predominantly does social documentary, street, uh, and portraiture kind of photography. He's done some photojournalist work in the past as well um, and actively does on occasion today. Uh, but yeah, Mike is a great friend of mine and it's been a really great conversation with him. So without much else, I'm going to switch it on over to the conversation with Mike Harkovich, also known as Frank Atlas. I have uh, in my calendar, I have marked off uh, Robert Frank Day, which is his birthday. Oh, oh nice. When is that? Oh, man. I think it's November. November? Oh, so he's a... What's after Scorpio? November 9th. Sagittarius, right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, uh, same as my oh. mom, though. Like birthday or like sad sign? Uh, same, same sign. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was gonna say, man, if you're your mom's birthday, you better. You better that been fun. Nah, my mom is the is a little bit after that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, this is uh, Mike Harkovich, right? Is that how you say your actual last name? Yeah. yeah. Um, also known as the fabled. Uh, Frank Atlas. Um, so really my, my first actual question is kind of where did Frank Atlas come from? Oh, like my name? Yeah. Where did, where did you come? Uh, how did the, your artist name come about? Well, I, I wanted to have an artist name that wasn't my real name just because a bunch of people fuck up my last name and don't know how to spell it. So I'm like, okay, if people are looking for me, like they're not going to be able to find me. They're going to be like, I, I don't know how to spell it. <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me, um, my middle name is Frank. Oh. So right. I was like, I'm just going to grab that. And then I was like, what's like a cool sounding name? And like something that like, is like catchy. You can like think of it easy. Everyone knows how to spell yeah. it. It's like not super complicated. And like Atlas was like the name. Yeah. And it didn't sound too pretentious. I think I was actually driving home from school one day or whatever, or work. I don't remember. No school. Work. And okay. um, there was like, I think I Part of it, I, mean, I, I might have been thinking about it already, but there was like a, uh, like a name of like a, it was like Atlas Steel or something, like some sort of like company yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And I think it just, that clicked. Yeah. I've been thinking about like, can I change it? But everything I think of is it, it, either like my regular name or like just not good. Or it's, I'm like, oh, it sounds too pretentious. I don't like it. And like, not to be like, I don't want to sound pretentious, but I really don't because that's literally fucking worst thing yeah exactly when, like you can tell someone's just they're just like dripping with pretension you're like listen i understand you smoke clove cigarettes and you know you strictly shop at thrift stores um 
You cuff your jeans four times. It's crazy. You wear argyle socks and nothing else. Like, I get it. It's 80 degrees out, but you're in a sweatshirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like 85 degrees right now, and you're wearing a beanie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am. It is quite hot, but also my hair is longer. I was going to wear a... Honestly, honestly, I was like, which hat should I wear? Because I didn't want to put my hair up, but I was going to wear my Van my Van Gogh hat that I got from the Art Institute of Chicago. But I don't know. I feel like the brim in a video is a little weird. So I just yeah. decided to put this on because if I put my hair back. I was thinking of wearing a hat because part of my, my photography logo is me with a beanie on. Yeah. Um, it, it's the Porter Robinson Maddion collab. Uh, for Shelter, for those that know Shelter, first of all, one of the greatest electronic songs ever made. Um, so it was the the beanie that was a short run, um, and I instead of putting in the little Shelter icon, I just put the circle where the beanie nice. thing is. And the only thing is, like, I haven't updated it to have my current glasses because back then I had the square frame glasses, and now yeah. I have these. I was going to say, shout out to our similar glasses. Yeah, I was going to say. If this is just an audio podcast, no one can see. But just ah, There's video now. This is actually the oh. first podcast episode that's going to have video. And shout cool. out to, uh, to Zoom for making this possible. We're not sponsored. Yeah, we are. We're sponsored. Zoom. Everyone's Give using Zoom. <laughs> Give us some money, Zoom. Right. But yeah, so, um, so how long have you been using the name Frank Atlas? Because I know you've been doing photography for a while i think actually technically longer than me and somewhere technically longer but like throughout my like photography career as people would call it like there were also like big gaps where like i just didn't pick up my camera like i may have started in like 2005 and like oh i had like my nikon d40x at like 14 and i take pictures but then sometimes there'd be like six months where i just didn't pick it up and do anything with it so like it's been a long time, but also yeah. like, you know, there's like those moments where you like didn't take pictures or whatnot. But now I'm like save for like a couple times like last year and throughout whatever. Pretty yeah. consistent. Um but I I've only been using it like probably like maybe four years, maybe a little bit less slightly, because I, I thought of it while I was still in at, at Academy, um in in um uh, fucking in school um at uni yeah at uni university that's the word i was looking for university um um and because like before that i had like my personal like my my first instagram page was um uh le atlas so it was le underscore le yeah le underscore like atlas so i like i kind of i guess i kind of had that set for some reason i don't remember why i picked that name i think it was just it sounded catchy and um and uh but then i was like ah like i, I don't want to just post like personal stuff and photography here like i want to have like a dedicated photography page and then i had to think of dedicated photography page names so that's circling back to to how i got the name it was kind of like yeah, yeah. so you kind of like or <clears throat> excuse me uh early on when you were kind of trying to figure out your name you were also yeah. simultaneously trying to like start separating you know personal life from yeah. art life because i think when i finally did go over 
I don't remember like when you can do like this pages versus like personal pages. I think that was within remember. the past couple of years. That's, yeah, and that's I think pretty that's recent. When I over because like you could have like a business page as opposed to like a set for a personal account. Um, which like my personal account, like I'll update, sometimes I'll update it like, um, uh, there'll be like a whole week and a half where I'm just like, oh, I'm posting like a little bit of every day, some stuff, some whatever. And then I won't post for like a month on my personal page just because like I'll forget or I'm like, I don't know, I didn't really like take pictures of anything, but, right. but like it's usually like, it's either like wrestling based stuff, um, food that I make or just like, kind of bullshit things and I'm just like whatever like I'm not gonna post it on like my photography page yeah um now so. uh with uh since you mentioned the wrestling thing um <laughs> I've shot a whopping one uh professional wrestling show uh which I was that I was super hyped I that was, was like, so fun uh it was a uh, iron spirit pro yeah um and what was so funny to me um is that there's this one guy I'm gonna leave him nameless because I don't want to like you know, roast anyone too bad. Yeah. This one guy who was texting me later. Yeah. Uh, I think I remember his, uh, stage name. Um, this one guy who was like, he's in his like early forties and he yeah. is so diligently trying to get a full contract with WWE or some, something bigger than iron spirit, something with a TV contract. And he's, he's old. Like by like the age of everyone else, he could be everyone else's dad. Yeah, everyone else is like in their early mid twenties uh, or <clears throat> maybe their thirties, depending on how long they've been doing it. But it, it was funny. But at the same time, it was one of the coolest things that I've ever photographed. But you've done it yeah. a hell of a lot longer than I have. Yeah, I've I've done it like I don't even remember how many shows I've technically shot. It wasn't it wasn't like a huge amount, and like I usually don't do like any ringside stuff just because like. I don't know, like sometimes I just wouldn't be able to go for like two months. Like I got other things in life that I was busy with or whatever. just couldn't like physically make it to go to whatever. <clears throat> um, but like I'll still bring my camera and I'll, I'll just like shoot some shit from like off to the side and it just looks nice. But um, yeah, yeah, not, not to call Iron Spirit Pro like a shindy. I don't know what it would be considered. And I'm like, I, I've never seen them. I don't know. 100% familiar. I think I knew someone that was on that show that you po- that you posted or something. I think maybe... Because I think they were wrestling that show. Um, Craig Mitchell is his wrestling name. Maybe the name sounds familiar. Um, they kind of like beefy dude. Really, there were there were a lot of beefy dudes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I feel like for like smaller promotions, there there's like always a couple people who you're like, oh, oh, like yeah, like it's cool. You can totally wrestle into your forties, but it's like kind of like it's like there's like understand that like you're probably not gonna like yeah at this point you're you're well past your prime you've you've got the enthusiasm yeah uh it's it's interesting i don't want to turn this into diamond dallas page the famed ddp diamond dallas page was 36 when he started training and he did wrestle with wcw so there's that i don't want to turn this into a into the professional wrestling podcast uh but um so with uh with like performing acts and since uh you were also in a band back in the day have you ever done um like music photography like <laughs> concerts or and i've seen you do you've done uh like musician photos like of the musicians but have you ever ever done like performances as well because i've never actually seen if you did that or not. yeah like 
a while ago, like, even before I was in a band, I was, I was, I did photograph some bands just because like my friends were in bands. So I'm like, I'm just going to bring my camera. Um, and, um, I remember one time I was shooting, uh, I brought my camera to a show at, um, oh, it's like the, it's like a bar venue in like kind of by the South side, but it's like uh Reggie's, I think, I think it was Reggie's. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I was shooting at Reggie's and like Columbia College was doing some live stream things. So I was shooting and of course I had a flash on because like the lighting shit was yeah. just like all messing up the feed. Uh, so <laughs> fuck you to Columbia College yeah. in Chicago. Piece of shit school. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> like, like, this is uh, not the first time that Columbia has been roasted on the podcast. Yeah. This podcast is not sponsored by Columbia. Fuck you. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just like if my friends were playing a show, I just bring my camera along and I just like take pictures or whatever. Um, like I'll still do that, just like not as like aggressively as yeah, you know. Because like, I mean, there are like a lot of people that shoot shows in Chicago, like a lot of any any big city. Uh, <laughs> Chicago, obviously, being an epicenter of music, um, is one of the like the big three, uh, big four, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, Chicago, New York, LA, and then Nashville pretty much are the yeah. are the four biggest music places. Yeah. And, and, and I would the, say Denver too, because there's a lot of people yeah. that go out to Colorado. Uh, yeah. my buddy Danny, um, he's also another guy I want to have on the podcast at some point. He's he's in <clears> New York and tours a whole lot. And I've seen him come to a couple shows. He actually came to a show in um in Bloomington uh at Night Shop, which was really funny because he, he was he was on tour with uh, the main band he tours with is uh, Young Culture. They're fantastic, great pop punk kind of kind of emo ish yeah. band, um, and those guys are all really wonderful. But it was so cool because uh, I had seen Danny's work before, um, and like he actually kind of does does good moves with his uh, with his yeah. photography, um, but just these days it's not only is it so easy to get into concert photography, but there's so many people that do concert photography. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like you, I feel like you either need, because there's like a lot of people who are like obviously really good. And I feel like to do, to like hop into it, you just like, you need to know somebody who is just like, Hey, take pictures of my band. Because if not, it's kind of like everyone, like there's all those, like the established, like, you know, concert, which I mean, like, I'm not like, I don't mean that in like a negative way. Um, I mean, there's like a lot of really amazing, like concert photography people in Chicago and like, they all do great work. And I'm glad that they document those shows because, you know, and like they each have like their kind of individual, like style as well. So it's not like, Oh, like you're definitely trying to do what that guy just did. And like everyone kind of has their own like little thing, which is nice. So there, there was a time uh, Um, just from being part of uh, (laughs) Uh, photography Twitter um, which I no longer really paid that much attention to um, but there was a time that I would notice uh, that a lot of the concert photographers uh, during like peak concert season being summer and fall uh, there were a lot of people that were like kind of copying some of those big bigger more established concert photographers and again that's yeah. not a bad thing but it's like no no because i mean okay like let's be honest you can only there's like only not that like there's a, a small amount to do, but you can only do so much and like when it comes to i guess photos like you can yeah. edit it or post process it a certain way or whatever yeah but you know like things happen and like sometimes like it's sometimes things just 
they they look good they look really good this way and it's like okay so i'm just gonna make my photos look good that way and it's not yeah you know i kind of started off by um well when i when i first started concert photography i had no idea what i was doing i had zero guidance i was working in crazy lighting situations at castle theater um but i gradually started to figure it out i didn't really have any reference but as i started to follow more uh concert photographers i kind of started to not really like i was actually to an extent mimicking some of them um but i later started to use those tools that i learned from mimicking them to kind of work out my own concert photography style which looks nothing like my actual art photography yeah, I think my, my, like mine was kind of the same because a lot of the pictures I took, they weren't necessarily even like concert photography style pictures. They were mainly like probably a picture you'd take and it's just like, oh, hey, this is like documenting like the performance as opposed to like capturing the performance, which like mentally to me, those two things are different. But yeah. like, if that makes sense, like, It's you know, more I, like a, you're capturing the moment in like a more personal sense like this is just like for me i'm documenting this yeah my own way whereas the people down in the trenches are like documenting the show for the venue for the artist for the publication yeah and like sometimes like they'll they'll do like just the cool tricks and whatever to make them look like really cool and like they like edit it in a way i'm gonna say edit because it's just what i don't know the the process the process the picture they make the photograph, whatever. But um, like in like a certain way, you're like, oh damn, like that's cool. Like put that shit in the wall. But like whenever I take it, a I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, and like b, like it was probably just more of like the style of like, oh, you grab that, throw it on the paper. They performed yeah. here, you know. No, like some concert photos look really good, but they're not the photo that you're gonna grab and throw on a paper. Exactly. Just, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and I just I don't like concert photography is like fun, but. I was never like into it like everyone else. Yeah, like, exactly. That was it. So I just, you know. If anything, uh, from my time doing concerts, uh, as time went on, I never really got burned out on it. Um, some of my friends yeah. that also have shot concerts got burned out on it and haven't shot a concert in like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, I never really got burned out, but at a certain point, um, I was so tired of just being like on the sidelines taking pictures that I was like, screw it, Bella, hold my camera, I'm jumping in the pit. (laughs) That's the last concert that I shot, which was not, I really can't really say that I shot it because I was using my Olympus point and shoot the whole time. Yeah. Uh, Turns out, uh, I I, I messaged the production company asking if I would be able to bring in my my big camera. I I had the Fujifilm at the time and all that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, photograph the show. Uh, they said, well, we don't want to have anyone bring in uh, professional cameras. We uh, like There's the bands that bring in theirs, and then we yeah. have like uh, our one guest photographer, which I've been in the past. Yeah, they, Someone beat me to it kind of thing. Um, but then as Bella and I got there, there were like, like seven or eight people in the crowd that had like their Sony yeah. A9s and their uh, Canon A of... Canon A. Well, actually, some of them did have some Canon A film cameras, but Regardless, yeah. they all had these big ass uh, cameras, and Bella and I had her. Uh, I had my Olympus. She had her um, fucking whatever little little point and shoot. Um, while we were shooting a uh, Have Mercy, um, which Danny Derusa was also at, 
but it was so fun being able to use a point and shoot at a concert for the first time ever shooting yeah. an Ultramax. I went through four yeah. rolls of film at that show. Oh, wow. how, so like, what, what, how was the lighting? Because I don't like, for me, like occasionally I've shot film at shows and like, it's usually just like garbage lighting. Do you oh like God. push your film or? or do you um, mean- I actually, I've only pushed film one time. Um, in this <laughs> okay. case, I was just using flash on the, on the Olympus. Um, oh. And the flash worked surprisingly well. Okay. Um, and I had to set on auto when it pretty much always used flash. Um, okay. I use I was using fill flash more specifically, but, uh, yeah. it worked so well. Um, I didn't really have to do much of the photos after I scanned them. Uh, I've, I've stopped. I, I pushed film one time and it was basically a lesson to me to never push film again. <laughs> so. I think I've, I've never pushed film, but I did just shoot a 1600 speed color film to 3200 I think because I needed to like have it like shoot like really low light and whatever yeah yeah and I hate that you can't find like higher speed film or lower speed whatever the higher numbered speed film um in color all all that much anymore yeah I think the (laughs) Fujifilm yeah had like their Fujifilm press something Which yeah. was uh, there was like a 400 speed, an 800 speed, and then a 1600 speed. Yeah, but they stopped making that film altogether. Yeah, which like I know most high speed film is just like in black and white, but like I originally got it because I was like I want to shoot wrestling shows without a flash. Yeah, with like, like but uh, I needed a high speed film just because like you typically lighting situations like call for for that a little bit more, um, especially obviously on film and whatever. Um, and I did that, I think, once or twice, and it turned out fine. But <clears throat> um, what's what's like the most like popular band you've ever photographed? Um, I think numbers wise is Portugal the Man, mm-hmm. uh, which was for the venue. If it were for the band, it would be like more like more like bragging points. <clears throat> but this was for the venue. That's um, so this cool, was because like you know you're still shooting the band. Even yeah, though and this was band, right before like, they got their Grammy nomination, <clears throat> which I think wow. they won. I think they won that one <laughs> for the uh, that one. Yeah, I have that on I'm on vinyl over there. It's yeah. a great album. Um, but that one um, of like my other bigger artists that I that I've shot, I've done uh, Iron and Wine. One of my my basically my all time. Which one? Fa- what was that? What, what was it? You broke up for a second. Oh, uh, Iron and Wine. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. Some Americana folk shit. <clears throat> yeah. Um, love love him to death. Um, Hippocampus. Uh, oh, Hippocampus. Okay, yeah. Believe it or not, Red. And um, I I never Red is uh like a Christian rock band, but the thing is, what's so funny to me. This is turning into a music podcast. Oh, no. Um, Red is a band that their popular songs are like alt-rock kind of stuff. Very radio-friendly. They have like eight or nine of those because they've been around for so long. Yeah. All of their other music, and they've got a big catalog, is like proper metalcore. Oh wow! <laughs> it's just so funny because it's like you know how like metalcore bands will have their like ballads or kind of softer songs or whatever. Yeah, that aren't necessarily radio friendly. 
Yeah. These guys were like, we're going to do that, but we're going to make it radio friendly. And then all of our other stuff is going to be like thrashing stuff. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny to see that. Um, but Lacey Sturm uh, performed with them and, you know, she was the former lead singer of Flyleaf. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'm a hardcore Flyleaf stan. I will always yeah. be a Flyleaf stan, except I, yeah. before their new except, singer. Pre- except for, I don't, pre- presently she's had some problematic viewpoints, but we don't have to dive We don't have to that. get into that. Uh, We're not yeah. a music podcast. We're just, we'll stick with <clears throat> what's relevant right That's now. That's something I do want to do in the future, though. <laughs> I do want to do a, a music discussion podcast at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, uh, we were talking about gear a little bit, and I never like to talk too much about gear. Yeah. There's a particular thing about gear that I think is worth mentioning, and it's the primary camera that you shoot with that is always yeah. worth flaunting a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you, I forget which model you use, but you use, you use a Leica of some sort. Yeah, Leica M10. M10, okay. You yeah. just have like the regular color one, not the monochrome. Yeah, like the regular color. I mean, I'd love yeah. a, I love a monochrome one, and at one point I'd love to get it, but I don't also have that money to to drop on a, yeah. a monochrome camera. Yeah. Oh man, um, I've been <clears throat> kind of eyeing uh, the M3 a little bit. Um, yeah, it's nice so much more that. affordable. Yeah, um, but it's like it's something that I can only really dream of, even though it's not terribly expensive. It's like yeah. I kind of I want it, but I also don't. I saw an M6 that was like 2200 and I'm like, it's not horrible. And I already have an M lens, so it's not like I need, would need another lens. Exactly, yeah. But I also don't have $2,200. So. My, my friend actually almost bought it. She <sighs> saw that same one and she almost bought it. And I was like, if you can afford it, if you can afford, like she was going to do like a, like a payment plan kind of thing. If yeah. you can afford that monthly payment for the next three years. Yeah. Do it. Maybe maybe in like three years from now I'll try to I'll try to get an M6. Yeah. Or if I stumble upon a large sum of money. Yeah. I I think that there is like there's a justification behind Leica and like basically there's there's a reason why they're so popular and lusted for. And it's like no one is like sought after for like that long to just be like it's fake. Yeah. There, yeah. there was a point in time where I was thinking like, like is not all it's cracked up to be. And then I started to like yeah. view work specifically made on Leica and yeah. um, try to figure out like, okay, what about this camera company is, is it that makes this company so lusted for? And then yeah. I understood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and shout I, out I, to I, Matt Day and uh, Joe Greer for their video today. And they're yeah. talking about they're basically both like a M6 shooters. My, uh, Matt Day commented on Valandez's uh, video that he posted reviewing, like not reviewing, but like you, using the M6. And I'm like, oh my goodness. It's yeah. It, but I think my, 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 my uh, I was just saying like my introduction, like to, I think the reason why I was like, oh my goodness, Leica for like so long was because like when I, looked up like more like newer photographers was the like the first one i found was as I mentioned in obviously a non-recorded conversation we've had before um yeah. was like now nah, he goes by his full name but like uh, i think it's steven Venasco, but yeah. he was known as a van styles like yeah in like the early like 2010s or whatever and before and like he used leica he was like a monochrome and i'm like i just i love i love and I love it. And that was around the time I think the M8 was was like yeah. the primary camera for them. Yeah, it was like M8, and I think an M9 came out. I'm like, I want that. 
And then obviously I didn't get it because I was like 16 and I couldn't afford yeah. like $7,000 camera or whatever. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm over here and I work with the poor man's Leica, also known as a Fujifilm X-T3. Um, I was going to get the X-Pro3, um, but uh, I barely couldn't afford it. And the yeah. X-T3 is basically the exact same camera in a different body. Yeah. And your pictures turn out beautifully. So. so honestly, like the more I've been using my Fujifilm, um, like the more I'm just like, why didn't I buy this to begin with? Like this does everything I need it to, which is not a whole lot, <laughs> yeah. but it also does so much more that I really don't need it to. Um, is, but it, it's, is it a range finder? Um, no, it's, it's like an SLR style mirrorless. Um, the X pro three is the rangefinder one. Um, but one camera, since I've been looking at rangefinders to upgrade my Minolta, um, yeah. is the, for digital is looking at the Fujifilm X 100 V that just came out. Yeah. Cause that has the flip down digital viewfinder. So you can use the actual glass or the yeah. digital viewfinder. Um, but I, I've never really used a rangefinder before. So like you have way more experience with, uh, with using yeah. rangefinders, but you also go between and, a DSLR and. Yeah. And the, actually my, my story with rangefinders is I've, I never used one prior to getting the, like an M10 camera. And um, so I was like, okay, you know, I gotta, I gotta get this, whatever. And I think, I think I got the, I got the body in first. And then I was like, all right, in like two weeks, I'm going to get the lens because I'm going to get paid or whatever. I don't know. And then I got like that. I was like, but fuck, I need it. Like, because I was actually like the last wrestling show I fully shot, like ringside uh, was like the day I got my like M10 oh, geez, yeah. and I got my lens in and I'm like, okay, fuck, I got to learn how to use this in like yeah. 30 minutes before I leave. And so, I get the parallax situation. Yeah, like I didn't look up like rangefinder shit or anything. Like I wasn't, I, I could have probably easily just researched the camera and like figured out how to use it. But I'm like, I'm not much of like, let me look up a tutorial and whatever. I just like to figure it out myself. <clears throat> and I was like, okay. So I basically had to figure it out between the time. Like I left, got there before the show started. And like and the pictures turned out fine. I really liked how they looked. And I'm like, as soon as like <clears throat> I finished the show, I was like, this is it. Like, this is the guy. Like I, it like justified my purchase already. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I'm not one of those like, oh, I think the rangefinder is better because you can like, whatever. Like, I don't see the moment. Yeah, like, I, which is actually like a completely sound argument to use a rangefinder. Yeah, it's to, yeah, it'd be just, I don't know, I just, I like it. it. Turns out fine. Like, I don't mind it, you know. And like, I know some people are like, oh, but isn't it hard to, like, for me, it, it's, it's making myself keep track of like like mentally knowing distance so like if i'm walking somewhere and i'm like okay i'm gonna want to get that as i walk by or if i'm like shooting like any street photography I'm like like okay i want to photograph that person but i'm not going to just be like going at it you know, yeah you're I'm not going to spend 20 minutes trying to focus it yeah all. while i'm standing right in front of them so i'm just like okay i'm like if i'm standing right here and as soon as i walk by them i'm going to be about like six feet away or like eight feet so i'm just like eight feet and then i just you know. Yeah. One thing uh, I didn't really know how it worked until I saw a few different Joe Greer videos was how zone focusing works. And I've tried unsuccessfully uh, to zone focus with my Minolta X370, which is a, yeah. a, an SLR, which you can still zone focus on um, on SLRs. It's just it's, <clears throat> yeah. it's approached differently. You're basic. So for those people that don't know what zone focusing is. 
it's uh yeah. I, I forget what it, I yeah. forget what it is. So. It's it's hard to describe, but I kind of figured it out after watching Joe Greer a little bit. Is uh you're basically <laughs> using a higher f number, um, so like f eight for example. <laughs> yeah, and then you put um like the average distance of whatever your subject is going to be at the middle, like the little tick mark where your focus distance is. So yeah. say you usually shoot your person at seven feet away from you. You're going to yeah. put your focus ring at seven feet, but that F8 is going to give you a little bit more depth of field to yeah. like, just in case you're a little bit too far, a little bit too yeah. close, whatever it is. Okay. They'll also get other people in focus too. Um, yeah. If you want that. Okay. So yeah, that, that makes it because it, it, I was doing well that yesterday I was downtown. I'm like, I don't want to like be like super specific. So I'm like, I'd rather shoot it like, like a higher aperture or whatever and yeah. or lower aperture. I forget. Uh, bigger, I bigger number or lower number? Bigger number. The bigger, bigger number. number um, bigger number. And then bigger number aperture. Uh, I'm not like, as you can tell, I'm not like a technical, like I learned it in school and then forget it because yeah. I like if like, is lower number, is, is a lower aperture the higher number or is it? Uh, well, if you say, yeah, that's the thing. It goes into linguistics. It goes into semantics. <laughs> because like, um, I mean, like everyone I usually have to explain photos to are people who don't do photos. So I feel like, oh, a higher aperture is actually the lower. And like, I did no one. Yeah. That's too confusing. So yeah, like the higher, the higher number is more is in focus. So bigger yeah. number, bigger focus. Yeah. Smaller like, number, yeah, bigger one. Um, smaller focus. Because obviously I'm like, I, I can't like fully get accurate. And like, I'm like, I don't want to fuck up like a really nice picture if I'm just like, Oh, that's out of focus. God damn it. Yeah. So. The times that I've tried street photography in Chicago, um, I've always focused too far. Um, and that was also when I was using like F four or something like that instead of like F eight or nine. Yeah. If I could see too much of the picture. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was thinking like, well, I've never really done street photography before and I know how to shoot portraits and yeah. with portraits, I want to have a blown out background and isolate the subject. Yeah. I learned the hard way that in street photography, that doesn't matter. What matters is getting the moment, and chances are that moment is going to need to have more in focus anyway. Street photography is actually something like I, I would mainly do because, like, growing up, I didn't know people who did photography. Like, I didn't have like photography friends. Like, oh, I, I, oh, my friends growing up and like as t a teenager, they did photos. Like, I didn't know. I don't really know anybody. I knew maybe like one person who kind of did it, but they more did art, and like I didn't. So I didn't really know anybody so I wasn't I was kind of forced to just like take pictures of whatever yeah and I wasn't really interested in the portraits and I, I mean I take portraits now like they're fun but I'm still like like my the por the portraits I'm interested in taking are ones that like would be a little bit more I don't know like different but like the portraits I take now for the most part are just kind of like for the sake of like taking like a nice simple portrait of just like the person um but I mean I, I don't portraits were never like not like a portrait photographer. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, kind of what kind of going with like this, the, that kind of bridges into another question I had related to kind of the gear, but I don't, again, not too much, but uh, so you've shot with film a whole bunch, but just looking at your portraits, um, I don't, uh, you know, it's good that I'm looking at these and not necessarily knowing what format you shot them on, whether it was yeah. film or digital or a large format, medium format. Uh, regular format um like how like when it comes to shooting your portraits how do you kind of approach like the portraits that you want to take how do, how do you kind of approach how you make those how you kind of direct the person all that um, i don't know 
the, the, a pet peeve that is like, I don't want to say like it annoys me because I don't, I, like I'm not, when, if somebody does something that I'm like, oh, don't, I'm not going to be like, whatever, you're not doing, like, you know, a lot of people I photograph aren't like normally people who model or whatever, yeah, or get yeah. their picture taken in that aspect. So like, to me, I'm like, if I take this picture, I'm going to know if you're not, if what you're doing is something you don't, don't do. Like, like, like I want them to be able to be themselves because if they're not like, I'm going to, I like, I know, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, Oh, what should I do? I'm like, do what you feel comfortable doing. They're like, Oh, okay. And like, if they just sit back, I'm like, is this fine? Yeah. Because like, you're comfortable doing that. It's like, it's going to look fine. But like, if you're just like, okay, like, I'll just do whatever you want to do. And they're just kind of like, and they don't normally do that. Then it's like, okay, now this looks weird. This is awkward. And like, I'm not a confrontational person and not that it has to be confrontational, but I'm like, okay, now I have to tell you in like a polite way. Oh no, do something else. Because like the last thing you want to do is, well, that doesn't look good. Then they're like, oh, I don't, I don't look good on camera. It's like, no, like it's fine. Like to me, everyone looks great on camera. Like you just, just don't do something that like is forced. Yeah, Um, exactly. Uh, I'm especially a fan of your portraits of, I I can only assume that they're probably of the same band or something. That's uh, the guys on the the couch. I think it's two guys. Um, this guy with the glasses, um, with the, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Felipe and, and long hair is Alex. Yeah. 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 Uh, those two portraits, um, I'm a big fan of, um, because they, they almost feel like medium or large format portraits just by how they're composed and like the, the position that they're sitting in and everything. And of course I'm a, I'm a slut for large format portraiture. So who isn't though? Yeah. Isn't a slut for large format portraiture. You actually saying that makes me think maybe that's like why I take pictures like that. Because like all the portraits, like I would always look at were always like old portraits, which were obviously taken on film because digital was non-existent. Um, And like, that's always my reference. Uh, But like, honestly, everything on my website so far is digital. I haven't posted any film yet. Um, But um, yeah, uh, uh, the one white shirt, his Chon shirt, glasses. Yeah, yeah. Also, shout out to Chon. They're a great one. Yeah. I've never seen him live, but I've like listened to some of their music. Um, Yeah, that was for him because he was um, being endorsed or not not sponsored, but endorsed by Balogur Guitars. Um, And then Alex is just for the hell of it because he's a beautiful human being and I love seeing pictures. And he was actually the the bassist for the band that Felipe's in, but um then like then he left it to like do some other stuff. But you yeah. Know, um it's a beautiful um, bass too. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um and like I don't know, like most of the people honestly I do portraits of are are like guys just because like like most of my guy friends I'm like, let me take pictures of you. And also like yeah. not not enough male photographers take pictures of like they're like either their other male or their other yeah. friends because they're just like oh hey looking for something like the one th- <sighs> there's one time where somebody i don't it was some i don't even know if i followed them on anymore but somebody posted one time they're like females only and i'm like oh you fucker like oh yeah oh. yeah that that's like a that shit pisses me off because it's like it's not like you're looking for a certain thing you're just lo- you're not looking for like it wasn't oh the theme is something that like for women only you just you're only looking to shoot female models yeah, and, it's and like that. I, I see that a lot. Know. We kind of talked about this previously um, on an unrecorded conversation. Um, that on <laughs> some Facebook groups, uh, 
a lot of times it's generally the same demographic. And if you call them out, they always get cranky at you. Um, yeah. Is that there are these, you know, uh, take this with a grain of salt, listeners. Um, know that this is not like a stereotype or anything. I'm just stating an observation. Yeah. <laughs> um, that it's typically middle-aged white men taking photographs of 20, 30-somethings women uh, typically in not a ton of clothing. And then they're posting these film photos on uh, Facebook. And then the same kind of demographic just kind of comments, praise, and all this stuff. And then uh, other, I, I don't <clears throat> want to say it, say it this way, but more, um, I don't want to say educated because that's not really the word. Um, I guess you could say more attentive photographers and artists or viewers uh, yeah. will comment saying like, this is a little problematic. And if you don't see why yeah. this is problematic, you're part of the reason why it's problematic. Yeah. And like it, it, people always jump to this excuse. Oh, well, um, all, it's just, it's the beauty and, and the art form of, of, of the body. And I'm like, yeah, that's always their argument that too. Like you can definitely take pictures of that. Like it's not, they try to like jump around to an excuse that doesn't make them look like a creep, but it just, yeah, there was, comes uh, down to it, you're there was one point in time where uh, someone else posted in one of these groups on Facebook saying like, there's been a whole lot of lewd <laughs> photos of, of predominantly women um, all by the same demographic for the most part. Um, and this is a problem. <laughs> this like, there's a reason why these posts are removed all the time. Yeah. And then all the comments. Yeah, I saw like, that. This is, this is bull crib. It's like, yeah. I, I commented on it a while ago and pulled like <clears throat> photo history out into the, into the argument and saying like, there's a reason. There's a reason for this. Yeah. There's, <laughs> like, there's, there's some posts that I see that like are kind of along that, but you can, it's, it's always like, I think it, it's always like the same, I can, I think model in the picture. And like, from my understanding, they're, uh, they're the partner of the person. Taking oh them. yeah. There's always <laughs> those situations where it's like, uh, photographing your partner um is completely different than photographing yeah. a model or even even a friend i think would start en entering into that and this yeah. is all a completely subjective little little topic yeah. but at the same time there's so much going on in the art world today and that has been yeah. going on for the past like 20 30 years yeah on this topic and that it kind just, of pulls out like the yeah and i know it's not like obviously it's not everything every situation isn't as black and white as like oh you're doing this so you're that but it's like listen with the current climate that is very much uh talked about now which is great it, it needs to be you like like you need to be very cogn cognizant of like what you're doing and how it, it comes off like to me like i'm like okay like obviously like in an ideal world you wouldn't have to but like for me i'm like i always like i need to make sure that like I, people understand like that i like who i am so that people like don't come across me and they're just like oh like i don't know but how like is he safe like i want yeah. people to save so yeah. you know <clears throat> and like i hate that like every bit of like being vocal in regards to like something that is like, I guess you can only call it more progressive 
not that like it happens a lot, but you know, people are like, that's just virtue signaling. I'm like, like, Oh, I'm sorry. My beliefs align with what I'm telling you right now. Like I'm never like, fake, <laughs> like, like I never like fake say something like, Oh, this will sound really good. Like yeah. if I don't believe it, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of makes me think more like whenever um, I'm out shooting photos, whether I'm by myself or with a friend shooting photos and, one thing that I'm always looking for is people because for so long I yeah. didn't really have people in my photos. Uh, and being a journalist helps with approaching strangers. But the question yeah. that always runs in my mind kind of related <laughs> to this is, you know, when I, when I approach or want to approach someone to take a portrait of them, you know, yeah. I gotta remind myself like what, what is it about them that attracts me to want to photograph them? And yeah. is that reason, you know, is that a problematic reason? That yeah. it's just kind of like a the the artist the photographer who's always attracted to like the grittiness or like the this that or the other like the stereotypical things that photographers are always attracted yeah. to, or yeah. is there something else like one particular portrait that I shot of a lady named Pam? Um, yeah, I was attracted to ask her to take a portrait of her for a couple reasons. One, I saw she was wearing this pink sweatshirt and it was kind of dirty, yeah. and she seemed like a nice lady. Yeah, but it was also in the exact same spot as a previous photo I shot a few years ago of the building that was being torn down because that building had burned down. Yeah. That was one of those kind of full circle kind of things. Like that was more my reason, but other times it's like, am I photographing this person because they got wacky hair or is it because yeah, is there or the other? For me, usually if I'm, if I ever approach someone, it's like, damn, that's a sick jacket or like they're like pants or shoes, like just something. Usually it's something that, they're in control of like yeah you know like it's always like, like oh like that fashion choice like that like i'm never going to be like you know oh they have a wacky outfit on. i'm like oh this is funny i'm gonna take a picture i'm like yeah. that's cool as fuck you put that on because like you love it you know eyes are going to be on you i'm like i want to take a picture of you like you look cool i remember i was waiting for the brown line one time and um there's so many it wasn't like a complicated like outfit but it was like you know kind of like a, a jean like vest kind of thing pants and i'm like i really like your outfit i'm like can i just take a picture and like i took a picture like yeah sure and i just like sat there posed i took it and then like you know and uh, obviously there's the like some things like i avoid like it even like when walking past somebody like if i can tell there's like any sort of maybe like um, for the most part, like, like a, a, a mental issue or like, you know, something along the lines of that. Like I usually like don't take a picture of them just because I'm like, I feel like I'm just kind of exploiting you in like your state of mind. And like, yeah. I don't necessarily <clears throat> like doing that. Um, it's like the whole theme of like, is it ethical to take pictures of homeless people? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, Oh, I'm just raising awareness no one thinks homelessness isn't a problem. They're probably, yeah. but, you know, like no one's like, I didn't realize there are homeless people. Like, no, like everyone fucking knows. Like you don't need to sit there and take a picture of a homeless man sleeping unless you're yeah. going to throw like 30, 40, 50 bucks or yeah. whatever. <clears throat> That's actually something that um, a friend of mine, a mutual friend of mine and Bella, Peter Clausen, um, he, uh, he's a photographer as well. Um, and, he did a project, I think it was just a personal project he just did on his own, um, that was photographing homeless people. But what he did was he gave them, I think, like $20, did like a brief, almost yeah. like Humans of New York kind of interview with yeah. them. 
and then he put together this uh, this whole thing, and every single person in there agreed to be photographed, and also got like twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I I was I just spoke to somebody else who actually I was at uh, I was at a Beach Bunny show. Hell yeah. Um, uh, and then he's like, "Hey, listen, I like your look. Do you want?" And he he photographed me. Um, yeah. He liked how I looked. I'm like, "Oh, thank you. Oh my god." Um, <laughs> and um, but like he was, I think he, he was explaining to me. He's like, "Yeah, like you know, if I ever, if I'm ever downtown or anywhere, and like when I photograph, like you know, like if I'm photographing someone who's who's homeless, like I I give them like you know, like he he gives them money for it. And of course, he asks him. He's not just like, here's some money for whatever. Like, yeah. He, assuming that you're homeless. Yeah. He's like, there's still like there are people. Yeah. They're, 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 and so like, there's also the whole thing of like homeless and houseless would be, I guess the correct yeah. term. And with these projects that, that pop up all over the place. Um, and I don't want to say it's because of young photographers and I say young being like either young by age or young by experience, um, will do projects like that. Um, and you know, might introduce money into the, into the topic as well, but but uh, kind of on the topic of like student kind of stuff, like students yeah. and photographers and So when you were in school, you went to, uh, I forget what was the name of the school that you went to? Domin- Dominican Dominican, University. yeah. <laughs> uh, since that was, that was a, you were in undergrad around the time that my brother was, who's older than me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what was the experience like? And like comparing to now, now. Uh, how, how do you think things have changed from, five years ago versus now like in terms of me or like in general um more specifically about your uh photography of course but um yeah about your like artistic philosophy and all that jazz um i don't know like i feel like i've always had like a pretty consistent like artistic philosophy like the only thing is that it's that's changed is just like like it just being more structured and like what i want to take pictures of whether like it doesn't have to be like super super specific but like just in general like oh these are things that like when i have the opportunity i definitely want to document yeah. um like like specifically and it's not even like i'm gonna turn this into something but just like for the sake of like doing it um is like whenever like i i always have my camera with me for like there's usually a, never a time where i'm like i don't have it but like like whenever i see my grandmother who's like 86, she has Alzheimer's. So like, yeah. I want to like document, not necessarily like on the document, the prep, but like, I would like document that because eventually, you know, everyone knows how progressive that can get. Yeah. Um, so like, that's just like something that like, to me is important. And like, so instead of just like, I want to go outside and photograph that bush over there, I'm pointing at a bush across the street for me. But it's like, I don't know, like, I don't, I, f- I feel like when I was like younger, I used to photograph like just like anything and everything, which I think is like good when yeah. like you're younger, just because like then you can kind of like get an idea of like technical aspects of stuff as well as um, just like what you're inter- interested in, like yeah. like like one thing like one thing. It's not something I, I would want to like do a lot, but just like for like just my own like fun. I love to photograph like birds because birds oh. are crazy as shit and like it's super fun. But like also to really photograph like a good bird picture, you need like a, like a big hefty boy. And like, I also don't have like that money to drop on like one lens where I'm like, I'm only going to use this just for me to take pictures of fucking birds. And, and even renting it is expensive. Yeah. So it's like, you know, um, that, that like that. 
uh, because like when, when I was like younger as a teen, like I didn't have like a direction. I didn't like, I don't know. I feel like there weren't like a bunch of avenues to like look, look into unless you're looking at photo books. Like I didn't have photographer friends. I didn't, I wasn't on like forums or whatever, you know, I was a teenager. Like, I didn't know, like everyone who mainly did photography, like seriously was like older. Yeah. You know? Um, so I just photographed like bushes and other shit and everything. And it's you yeah. know, just like, you're doing uh, all that vernacular stuff even before you really exposed <laughs> to it. Yeah. Um, but like now I'm just like, I'm a little bit more centered. Like I'll see something. I'm like, that looks nice. But like, that's all, all it is. And like, yeah. sometimes I'll take a picture just because something looks like aesthetically nice, but like, I don't know, like not everything needs a picture. Yeah. You can take a picture of everything, but like sometimes like for me personally, I'm like, I like it, but I don't need a picture of that. And yeah. so I'm not going to like take it just for the sake of taking a picture of it. Yeah. That's yeah. something that I, I've run into that kind of predicament, mental predicament so many times from doing, yeah. um, uh, traditional landscape, which is really where I started was with traditional landscape. Yeah. Um, and just barely over two years ago, because it was beginning of May, yeah. uh, I <laughs> went on a nine day road trip with, uh, with some photographer friends of mine, nice. um, out to Grand Tetons, Yellowstone, Devil's yeah. Tower, Rocky Mountains, not in that order, but those were the places we went to. Yeah. Um, and of course, in hindsight, there were so many things that I really wish I photographed because at that point in time, I wasn't really into contemporary landscape for natural yeah. photography. But even then when I was still driving around with the boys, we were hiking and all that. Yeah. Um, I was still so picky with yeah. the landscape. And I was like, I'm not going to be, I am going to photograph some like straightforward photos of the grand Tetons and such. Yeah. But predominantly my favorite photos from the Grand Tetons or Yellowstone are nowhere near the kind of photos you see from those national parks. Like my favorite yeah. photo from Yellowstone was shot at Brand, uh, Grand Prismatic Spring. Yeah. And whenever I show that photo to people, the only people that really know that it's Grand Prismatic are the people that like have paid attention to like the weird little like dark ripples on yeah. the bacteria pool. Yeah. Because it's this super ominous like foggy photo that you never see photos of grand prismatic when it's yeah. foggy yeah and that's a it's an ongoing effort that kind of even to this day it's like i walk past an architectural thing and the architecture photographer in me wants to take a picture of it but it's also like chances are that thing has been photographed to death yeah and like sometimes like you do like you, you want you you still take the picture just because you're like this one's, this one's for me. Not that yeah, like, yeah. you ever take pictures for other, like I always take pictures for me ultimately always, but it's just like, it's like, this one's, this one's just a little treat for me. Yeah. You know? I might make it my phone background or something like that. Yeah. Or print it yeah. off for my family members if they <laughs> want it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, I'd love to do more landscape stuff, but also like I never go out into like nature like that. Yeah. So I'll never, I never like have the, op I never make the opportunity for myself. There we go. That's a better way to phrase it. You got two places that are within pretty much the same distance drive. You got Indiana Dunes and you got Starved Rock and Matheson. So they're both about the same distance from Chicagoland. More, more likely to, wait, is Starved Rock in Illinois? Yeah. Okay. I'm more likely to probably go to Starved Rock just because like I try to actively avoid ever going to Indiana ever. Like, oh, Sorry, Joey. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, they fucking hate Indiana. I'm like, it's like literally like the like I actively like don't like it. If you're from Indiana, like that's fine. But uh, yeah. I will give a shout out though. 
um, when I went on my trip to uh, Indiana Dunes, which was part of my Michigan trip that I vlogged. Yeah. Um, and the Indiana Dunes part was just kind of like a fun little side <laughs> thing, is a little side quest. Uh, but after we finished up at the dunes, we needed somewhere to eat. Yeah. Uh, so we went to this little mom and pop diner um, that was maybe 10 minutes south yeah. of the national park. Um, I forget the exact name of it, but for those that know that area, um, they would probably know it when they see it. Yeah. This uh, like 50s style diner. Yeah, with like pretty- hella neon um like they only play music from the 50s and 60s and such yeah. they took um, down all the racist shit that was probably oh yeah they took down all of the all the problematic stuff um yeah. but the thing is that is probably the best diner i've ever been to yeah and I'm, to be completely honest i have very limited experience with indiana i've never i've maybe been inside indiana like twice yeah uh, and there's actually just some decent like there's a really great wrestling promotion out of indiana um Speaking of general wrestling, John Green, I like his books. Oh, yeah. So he's from Indiana. So, like, yeah. Indiana has some good stuff, but I just like talking shit about Indiana. Exactly. Oh, yeah. what was it? Um, <clears throat> on, the, on the topic of that diner, um, that uh, when I was there with the guys, um, you know, we got our food and I wanted to take a picture of the sunlight coming through the window. Yeah. It was cloudy all day and then suddenly the sun poked through. And it was lighting up our whole table. It was really cool. I had the Olympus on me and I took a picture of it, but it was right before the waitress was uh, about to put my food down. Yeah. And she waited for me, which was really kind. And then she did. I was like, don't worry. Teenagers are always coming in here taking pictures. And I'm like, are you calling me a teenager? You don't have to go and like be like that. I, I would get that a lot because like when I was like in my earlier 20s, and I, I feel like I could confidently say that a lot of people be like, you're still, whatever. I'm 27. <clears throat> but like when I was in my earlier twenties, like if I didn't have any sort of like facial hair and I shaved, people would be like, "Oh my god, are you like eighteen or 19? I'm like, first of all, no, <laughs> I'm not. Um, but like, I just, I was like clean shaven. I just, I have a young face, so you know, I can't it, grow facial hair. So like, I'm trying. I haven't shaved in maybe two months. No, a little less than two months. Let me see if I can find. Hold, let me hold on. Um, I'm listening. I'm still <laughs> engaged, but I'm trying to find like um, just because I feel like if I could find my uh, picture of myself with like full on, I feel like you've seen that before. Like I feel like I have. Weird. I think uh, one thing that Joey and I kind of joked about um, at the end of uh, at the end of the episode with him, um, which also teaser uh, Joey and I are going to have a part two uh, follow up to that episode, uh-huh. which will be really cool. Um, but uh, one of the things that we joked about was different uh, younger photographers' hair. Um, oh, yeah. And it was like how, um, how Willem Verbeek's hair, <laughs> which right now, like he just uploaded a video the other day uh, about his uh, Walking Svalbard book. And yeah. it, it, I mean, I'm like in the middle of that video, actually. Yeah. I, paused, I, I was watching it and then I made breakfast and then I did this. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, his hair is clearly quarantine hair like yeah you know, he's in new york where they're like hella hella strict with everything i mean to be honest he can shave patches into his hair and i'd, I'd still love it oh yeah <laughs> uh, so but for a while he, his hair was like had the middle part and like he like yeah. I, was, I was kind of roasting like, that yeah, i was thinking yeah. like man do what you want but i feel like you can have a 
more more fitting hairstyle to your head. Yeah, but I don't like. I feel like it became so iconic of him to me that yeah. I'm just like, he shaved his head. I'd be like, the hell, man. But like me. Oh jeez. <laughs> I was trying. Why, I don't. Why did I just try to focus by tapping on my phone? Yeah, you look like, like you belong uh, in either uh, like a hardcore punk band or like a feel-good semi-sad emo band. Yeah, like like Super Whatever, for example. I love them so much. But uh, one thing that I was thinking of right before right before this uh, this recording, I was try. I was literally just watching the video with Matt Day and Joe Greer. Yeah. And I is that the one not, is that the one they ju- they just posted? Yeah, like this morning. I to watch that, um, yeah. I could not for the life of me think what is Joe Greer's hairstyle? I don't Even know. Though, he, on. he always has a hat on, but I know he's just got short hair. Yeah, I but it's, it's like, like really... I was I was struggling for like 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to look up a photo and like ruin this. Yeah. Like the is it like honest? Does he have like a like a high and tight comb back kind of thing? Does yeah. he does he have he, like he definitely fades it over here, but like yeah. you don't know what you don't know what's on top. Yeah, and I was just thinking like, why am I struggling so much? I I I follow yeah. him on all of his social media and watch his videos. Like, why am I struggling to think of what his hairstyle is? I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm gonna be sad watching that video because like obviously I've known that he's been in New York for a while and like he's moving to like Nashville now. So I don't know. I feel like it's going to be like, I don't know, I feel like even not, I've, I've never interacted with him ever in my entire life. Yeah. Um, but like, just like seeing like his pictures, I like, I almost feel like the bittersweetness of like leaving. Yeah. And the, the timing like, of it is all really good. Um, that yeah. video is a really, a really good watch. Any, any listeners that may or may not know uh, Matt Day and or Joe Greer, uh, this video is fantastic. Uh, if anything, it would be a really great introduction to both of them if you haven't watched either of them. Yeah. Uh, but if anything, it, it kind of got me thinking, and uh, Joe mentioned um, uh, one of his pre-existing, um, I think disposition is the correct term, um, when it comes to making a photo book. Um, and he, for so long, was reluctant to make a photo book because he felt he wasn't ready. And he's in his early 30s he's like 30 or 31 i didn't realize like he looks so young but i'm like he could be older but he could be younger i don't know like yeah and it's like he he just got married a couple years ago too i think it was right i think he said 2015 in this video yeah um but he uh he's always said like he doesn't feel ready to make a photo book and all that and then this this comes together um and i think that this is honestly like in my opinion I think this is the best possible time for him to make a photo book and publish I think it, it and all that. It just fits because like, especially like it's his first photo book. He's leaving New York and like, well, the whole photo book is like, you know, a, a, like an homage to his time in New York and whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think it's like, like stuff like that. I find really cool just because it's like, you couldn't have this as it is if you weren't leaving. Like yeah. you can post, you can still make it and like make the photo book, but like it hits different. Yeah. since you're not going to be there anymore. Yeah, and I think that uh, one thing that he mentioned, again, I don't want to, like, spoil the whole video, uh, but, like, he he does mention how, you know, leaving New York is a big reason why he decided to make this happen because he had all yeah. this, he couldn't go out and shoot. So what does he do? He just looks at his, all his old work um, yeah. and realized, oh, damn, I have a lot of photos that work well together, and I'm leaving this city, 
and these seem to like kind of do something with each other. Um, and that kind of got me thinking more about like how photo books and really just photo books in general have become so accessible. Um, yeah. And you know, like 20 years ago, even photo books were still, and they're still expensive now, but they're, they were even more expensive and even harder to get 20, 30 years uh, ago. I feel like, I feel like there's a art book brand that, somebody mentioned like on their, I think it was Willa mentioned on a video and he's just like, yeah, they have like really great books and they're super affordable. And let me grab it. Hold on. I think it was like the ta Tashin or whatever. Um, oh, Tashin? Tashin? Like, I think it's, I think it's like Tashin. Super, yeah. Tashin. That was like, I guess pretty affordable. I found this, I think it was at um, one of the bookstores in Wicker Park and it's just like a, it says the Polaroid book, but like clearly all of these aren't, I think directly Polaroids. But I mean, like, it's a pretty yeah. Book, but. Uh, well, I mean, there's instant instant stuff that come in all kinds of stuff. Things. Yeah. Um, there's there there are eleven by fourteen instant photos. Yeah. Which is absurd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, like I I've used Blurb in the past, um, and I think I'm gonna start going away from Blurb just to like make my actual products the stuff that I sell, but instead yeah. use Blurb just to make dummies. Yeah, um, that's what uh, my photo professors have suggested um, when I originally had a book and then I decided not long after to I decided to not make it a book and just keep it as like a gallery. Um, yeah, print it off physically a bunch of eight by tens. Um, but like with uh, with Dune Edge Face West, I'm kind of shopping around right now for yeah. uh, like a book photo book binding company. Um, there's one in New York that I know of. Um, that Eric Thompson, uh, he sent me his book a while ago. He got his book printed by a company called Small Editions, or something close to that, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I sent them an email asking if they do out-of-state stuff. Um, but if anything, just that alone is like, yeah, these are small companies more often than not, but they're still so much more accessible. Um, and they yeah. always know that artists have no money. So Yeah, so like hopefully, you know, if their production cost isn't super high and it's like, they can still make a decent buck, then they might as well make it accessible to poor artists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like this, since I'm not 100% familiar with all of your work, but have you ever considered like, I know you've got your, your galleries and like different themes and all that, but um, like since post college, um, have you, done any semblance or like worked on or are working on like projects or anything that could potentially turn into a zine or book? Like, like the past year, my goal for, I think last year or 2018, I remember was to put out like some sort of like photo book by the end, but just again, life happens and like yeah. things just don't end up being whatever. But, um, uh, like I, I have for the past couple of years, like wanted to put out something, but I just don't want to like, like, I think photo books are totally fine when like, they're just like, Oh, these aren't really hundred percent themed. They're just like a nice collection of pictures. Like that's fine. Yeah. Or it's good. But like, I like, I don't just want to like throw out a photo book because yeah. whatever. And um, so I'm trying to like, figure out specifically what I may want to do. I don't know exactly what it would be. I'm not sure if it will be like the situation where like when I move from where I'm at, if like that's going to be the thing, you know, to like not to piggyback off of Joe Greer, but um, it's not a bad idea. No, but like it also like it might just like line up that way because I'm going to do something like 
I can take pictures of a bunch of trees, but like, I don't like, I don't want to, I don't want to put out like a book of trees. Not that like they're bad because like, I love. That's that's exactly what I was going to do for my first book was literally a book of trees. I love that stuff. Like I love to look at it, but like, I don't want to do it. If that makes sense. You know, it's like, like, oh, some things like I'll see it. I'm like, God, I fucking love that. I don't want to do it. But (laughs) this is my favorite thing to look at right now. Like, um, and um and like and like I want to but I just I just don't know like specifically what the thing would be, um, yeah. In terms of, and like I don't like force something thing like this is like oh like I want to make it like this and then like to to me I maybe I'll try to like get a semblance of an idea just so that I'm not like constantly but I think the constantly like just like randomly taking shit and hoping it pieces together into something. But yeah. um, like, I, th- I feel like just like with the things I take picture- pictures of, it's bound to at least have some sort of like idea of, you know, things, um, whether like, th- like thematically, um, like for something I've noticed is like, to me, a lot of the things I like taking pictures of um, have like, can sometimes like have a either like visually or just like I guess visually like a almost a sense of like either old or abandonment. Yeah, um, um, some some sense of like emptiness or yeah, yeah. and it's you know vacancy. like like personally for me like I just find things that are closed down just like really interesting. Yeah, um, there's and, a. There's a YouTube channel called The Proper People. It's two different yeah, photographers and videographers. Yeah, they're yeah. fantastic. So cool. uh, for those and, that aren't familiar, they basically explore pretty much the world. They do the U.S. and yeah. Europe. They, and they did. A, they were around China, I think, a couple, a, a lot last year. They had. Yeah, a, a, yeah. And they they photograph these abandoned places. Some of them are like abandoned projects or just yeah. like a, a classic thing, yeah. like an insane asylum like, or a hospital. I like about them is like it's not like oh, well, oh this is crazy this is for like it's not like for the clout like yeah. he'll like like the guy will go on and be like oh oh this over here was from blah 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 or like oh it looks like like they they almost have like this background knowledge of like what went on and how things were historically so it's like you're like not just watching people like roam around an abandoned yeah. building you're watching them like almost explain to you like either like the history of the place or like the history in, in general. Um, I think they were somewhere in Russia, I think at one point, I don't know, like they're going yeah. through a bunch of stuff and like, they're like, Oh, this room still has like things in it from whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, there was the first video of theirs that I saw was when they went to an amusement park in China. That was, it was started being built. It was very close to being finished, but then like when they were, only maybe half a million dollars away from being completed, which in the yeah. terms of amusement parks is like basically done. Yeah. Uh, the project was canceled. So this place was just gone. But the yeah. entire time they're wandering around, they have like there's some of their friends from China that were with them. Uh, they had these like surveillance drones basically watching them. They weren't doing anything. Yeah. But they were watching them the whole time. It was so interesting to see that. Um, and they put it on yeah. YouTube. I think it's video still up. Oh yeah, I, 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 I don't think I hear much about their videos being taken down. Yeah, because um, they're documenting everything, and they're never actually—they're not taking anything. They're not vandalizing. No, they're they, they are obviously like, not doing anything wrong. 
they seem very respectful of like the space they're in. And it's just like, it's sheerly for the documentation of like these spaces that like are either abandoned or never finished. And like, yeah, I like that's something I'd love to like try to do is like go to like abandoned places, something like that. And just kind of like do pictures. And I know that's like the whole, what is it called? Um, like adventure or something. What is um, it? Oh Another, man. What's the name of it? Um, like, there, there's a term for it and yeah, I can't like, think of it either. I thought, like I, I, I know the term, but like, this is the one time I completely. <laughs> exactly. Any, any but, listeners that know it, comment it or something. Yeah. But like, like that, like that's, that's cool. I know there's like a lot of people that do that, but that's just like, I think that'd just be fun to, oh, oh of course you fucking think it'd just be fun. No, I think it'd be like pretty <laughs> neat to, you know, um, to do that because I've never, I've never been one to. Yeah whatever there is somewhere around where I live, there is a place that kind of looks abandoned. It's not, um, I'm not going to say what it is just because like, for whatever reason, if somebody's listening, I don't want to like, yeah, I don't want to, don't want to dox yourself or anyone else. It'd, it'd be great to, uh, to like get, not that it's difficult to access. And I'm sure I could even like ask the, how, how, from what it's run by and I'm sure they'd be down, but whatever to just be into their, and take pictures because it looks yeah. creepy as shit. There's one thing that I know, kind of on the when we mentioned with the uh, the proper people, is that um, I, I I find that the most intellectual photographers that make projects that are more about specific locations or whatever seem yeah. to be well versed on the topic enough for them to not really like for for them to avoid being like that outsider stranger that's causing yeah. problems so like and con- considering it's like the the place i'm thinking of like it's where like i basically still live where not like in the same like locate like house or whatever but like i live where i grew up like i've been in the same place my yeah. entire life and it's has been a place that's like been there and i've seen it from when i was like four to 27 yeah. so like i feel like i have like a little bit of like semblance to be like i can do that yeah you know, and, and like with um, like so since obviously my favorite, uh, obviously to people that know me, uh, my favorite photographer is Alex Soth, and with his uh his first book that got noticed, you know, Sleeping by the Mississippi. It's not his first book, by the way. He's done many before that. Um, Wait, he is that, is that the guy that did the the Polaroid train ones, or is that a different guy? That's a different guy. Um, okay, but uh, Sleeping by the Mississippi, Alex started it off just with a simple fascination with it. And as he kept working on it, um, taking photographs of people and the locations and the landscape and all that jazz, he was latently learning about the Mississippi River and and the culture surrounding the river. But he was also ultimately researching things. He had to find people. He had to research where, uh, I forget, there's one uh, writer's boyhood home. I forget who it is. And I feel like trash for not remembering it. He's like one of the most famous writers. I think it's Mark Twain. I don't know. Authors aren't people, so it's fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just I love books. I love books. Right. And I love reading. So it's like, that's me being an asshole. Um, but I think it was, I think it's Mark Twain's uh, Boyhood Home. Um, but I'll correct myself in the video later um, if I'm wrong. Um, uh, but it's I like Mark Twain was I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But uh, like since I'm working on this Route 66 project um, and yeah. I'm still in the very early days of it, um, yeah. 
things that I've been learning more about Route 66 within Illinois as I've been working on it. And one thing that I'm going to be doing at some point after coronavirus is gone. Um, yeah. I want to start asking people that live in those towns, like, is there anyone in this town that you think holds some significance or has lived here their whole life or something yeah. like that, that will be willing for me to come take a couple portraits of them um, and just talk to them for like 25 minutes and then get out of their yeah. hair. Um, but lately you're learning about and becoming more akin with the subject that you're photographing rather than just going in and photographing things that are just eye candy. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, there's a place for eye candy, but there's also like, I don't like, I feel like it's the whole Instagram effect. A lot of people take pictures of things that look really nice and that's all. Yeah. You know, like, it's just like, like, and scroll on. Like, yeah, I really, my goal as a photographer is to like, as much as possible, because sometimes you just want to take a picture of a nice building, whatever. Yeah. But like, is like, if I'm going to take a picture of something, I want to like have some sort of like visually look interesting, but also visually like you, you have um, like that. The, like just like like something about it that's more interesting than just yeah like, something oh, that holds you a little bit longer than just saying oh this is a nice picture yeah moving on but something that's yeah. like just a little bit more yeah and it's something that's really hard to put into words so I completely feel yeah that. um like so I'm I'm really garbage at explaining stuff sometimes so I'll be like oh well blah, 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 about this and I'm like <laughs> I'm like um, how do I explain this with like that's why like like one of the things I I say a lot is like it makes sense like in my head right now, but like, it, or like if that makes sense, because then if somebody's like, Oh no, then I'm like, okay, well like it makes sense up here. And like, I try to like basically like think you might be thinking it means something, but I'm not thinking that it means what you're thinking it means. Yeah. So don't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one thing with like trying to take photos that are more than just an interesting composition or anything. Um, yeah. There was a tweet that I saw yesterday and I replied to it, basically agreeing with the person, but kind of working off of what they were saying. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was that one, yeah. along, the, along the lines of the rules of photography are unnecessary. Yeah. And I was like, you write, but they're also still important. Yeah. Um, and ultimately you get into more complex kind of things, but then it started yeah. to make me think more about the photographers that are so focused on the the actual production of the image the actual yeah. specifics the thematics behind it like using the fibonacci sequence and the rule of thirds and yeah. stuff like that and then their counterparts uh are by the wayside getting exhibited getting published and all that jazz um, while the people with the mathematically correct compositions shot on their Leica M3s or yeah. their Hasselblad 500Cs. Like great pictures, yeah. like those Leica hoes, uh, are just kind of, you know, they're, they're there, they're getting business, they're selling prints and all that jazz, but then these other people are becoming far more culturally yeah. significant. Yeah. Not to and say I, that like, that's like the ultimate goal, but like, no, it kind of says something. I mean, yeah. And like, I feel like there's, there's also a difference between like taking a, a, like a nice looking picture of something nice looking that's like well composed and it being a picture of something that looks nice and then taking a nice picture of something that, that looks nice, that's well composed or whatever. But that is also like an interesting documentation of that specific thing. If that, yeah. 
Stephen Shore mentioned in a conversation with Gregory Crudson, first of all, that video is amazing because it's two legends just talking to each other. Um, he, uh, Stephen Shore mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of photographers that will say that what's in front of the lens doesn't matter. And those are usually yeah. the people that, you know, are very focused on the process of the, of the image. Uh, yeah. But Stephen was saying that I, I like to say otherwise that it's all about what's in front of the lens. Because yeah. if you're taking a picture on the side of a road of a big open prairie and you take a picture of that, you're uh, right up against the guardrail, the guardrail is not in the image and you just take a picture of that. But then if you step three feet back, first of all, don't get hit by a car. Second of yeah. all, you have the guardway on the image completely <clears throat> changes the perception. Uh, yeah. And that's and something that I think a lot of photographers don't, necess <clears throat> don't necessarily consider. Yeah. yeah, it's like one little bit of information can like change it completely. Yeah. What one with the guardrail is just a picture of a prairie from a highway with a guardrail and one without the guardrail becomes the windows, uh, desktop screensaver. Background. Oh yeah. Which also was shot in the Z67. I was going to say, I'm like, wasn't that shot in like a, uh, Mamiya? Mamiya. Yeah. Uh, the photographer was on his way <laughs> to see his, I think his current wife before they were married. Uh, I was like, hey, this is a nice, nice scene. Takes out his RZ. And then suddenly becomes the window screen. And then goes and proposes. Boom. Two historical events to him. That I don't that would have been really cool if that was how that worked out. All I know is that he said in an interview that he was on his way to see his at the time girlfriend. And like honestly, I feel like I probably I could be wrong. I just kinda like spouting out potential bullshit, but it's like yeah. I feel like most pictures that everyone is just like, oh, like that's the, the that picture is always something where the photographer is usually like Oh yeah, I kind of just—it's all there, and I saw it completely random, off the yeah. cuff, the decisive moment or whatever. You know. It's like something at the moment you don't really think anything of it, and yeah. suddenly becomes your most popular, most liked photo on Instagram, but also is like one of your personal favorites at the same time. Yeah. Um, because like I know the the on your website the first photo you have on your street one I think has always been my favorite that I've seen like knowingly seen of yours yeah. is the one that's, it's like the person in the cafe uh, with the sign that says fun schools not police yeah uh, yeah I love uh, for like the the formal reasons I love it for like the like the color the lighting compositions so, like those yeah. things I obviously love but also just the whole feeling of the image and little tiny details throughout the whole yeah. scene really really make it out to be yeah. more than that was just at, um, a fun picture. wormhole wormhole in wicker park in chicago that's right that's actually yeah. a uh what exactly are are they like a sandwich shop or, or cafe um, think, what are they I think exactly? technically like a coffee shop okay I think yeah. you get some sort of food but i've never i don't think i've ever eaten there i just i've always got like coffee bella has suggested that i should go there uh when good. i go to like, chicago yeah. next it's like you have a lot of like pretty cool like vintage looking stuff like old movie looking things they have like an nes or whatever sitting there but a bunch um, of nerdy the, stuff yeah oh yeah oh yeah definitely the thing I, the, the thing i like about that that picture as well is like i like that it's like a very like i want to say aggressive like it's a very like bold impactful statement yeah and um, you got all the very, tiny like thing and like there's just a lot of stuff surrounding it but it, it's like something that's like very 
the subject matter is very heavy in such like yeah. a very relaxed space. And the the background posters in it that kind of allude to that this place has some semblance of this like nerdy aspect to it. Yeah. Um because we're fellow nerds here. Um, yeah. that having this really I I I don't want to say it's controversial because I don't think it really should be a controversial topic. No. We're not going to get into that in this conversation. No. It's like it's this interesting kind of in one photo you have different uh not really like con con uh is it contrast between these different subjects it's so stark yeah. that it's not in your face um and it's also using words within the photo in a really in a really good way uh it's not like yeah. that is the focal point but then my eyes go directly down to the person sitting down and they start kind of traveling around the image to the different posters yeah. and the surroundings and a fun story about the wormholes. I was there one time with my my wife and, and our friend, and uh, I got uh, some Polaroid film. And the thing about one of my Polaroid cameras is sometimes when you put the film in, you you, you close it, um, start spitting them all out. Oh no! Uh, so I had one. I just put it in there, and it was just like I'm just like I walked like twenty dollars just fall to the floor, and I'm like. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, because it, it should just be that one plastic cover, and that's it. But no, it's yeah. like, here's no. all of your money out on the floor now. Yeah. Oh man, my uh, wife she has a has a picture of me, and she, she I think she was on online somewhere, and she captioned it. She's like, he's so sad, and I'm like, I want that was really sad. I'm just sitting there, completely <laughs> blank faced. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're coming to a close here with our yeah. conversation. Um. I haven't been keeping track of time, but I'm like, I feel like we've been uh, talking a while. I, th I think we're just a little over an hour. Um, yeah. So uh, if for those that want to view your work, uh, what are some of the best places that can those people can find your work? View my work um, on Instagram, obviously, Frank underscore Atlas. Twitter, uh, which is like just like some random bullshit. And also I'll post, I usually post pictures there first just because like for the hell of it. Um, and that's Frank underscore Atlas underscore because two underscores, the, the extra underscore with the regular one, it was already taken. So, um, I have frankatlas.com, but like, that's more like just like a portfolio site in case I need to like send it to anyone like, like Oh, Hey, work with me. Here's my Instagram. Like, yeah. you know, I want an actual professional website. Um, and then of course I have my print store, which I'm planning to add more prints to this week, which is yeah. frankatlas.pixieset.com. I think, I think that's how it works. I think that I think that's how it is to access. Let me it. check mine to see. I think that's how the URL works for them. Yeah. Um, Pick, yeah. Frankatlas.pixieset, which is P-I-X-I-E-S-E-T, for those who don't want to just Google and autocorrect it. Um, and they they give really good high quality prints. Uh, I've been using them for a while. Yeah. So for those of you listening that are interested in opening up a print shop but don't want to do the busy work yourself, this is not sponsored by Pixie Set at all. But I definitely yeah, don't mind it. Pixie Set, give um, us some money, please. Um, uh, they they're really good. Uh, I've had friends get prints and ha say have really great things to say about the quality of the prints and all that. So. Because I set it up like not really a hundred percent. I knew some people use it. Like I knew like you use it. And I was like okay, like. 
I'm assuming if Jeff uses it, like the print quality has to be great and because Joey, like, Joey was the one that got me, not really got me. I just asked yeah, him. Yeah, like, he uses it too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I figured I'm like, okay, if like Joey and Jeff are are using it, like I know the print quality is going to be good because I know they wouldn't bullshit on print yeah. quality. And you can choose different so. printers from different regions. The printer that I use yeah. is in Minnesota, so it's yeah. Midwestern. Um, Shout so out to White House. <laughs> I forget the name of the lab that they use that it's connected with. But regardless, uh, I guess to close off, is there any kind of like last words you want to give to any photographers or listeners in general that you think would be helpful, something worth mentioning, anything like that? Um, It's okay to sit on your photograph sometimes. That's cool. Um, uh, Don't be a fucking asshole. Don't be a creep. because you will get called out eventually and your life will be destroyed and I'll be smiling the entire way. Um, thank you to the 1975 and Modelo for sponsoring this episode. Um, we're awaiting our checks in the mail. So yeah. Right, um, well, yeah. Thanks for uh, sticking around for this. It's a, uh, it's been a fun episode and Oh wait, can I do one oh, more boy. thing? Oh boy. Okay. Um, I just like, I, I feel like, um, I, I just wanted to like shout out a page who I f- through Twitter. Um, uh, I just want to shout out Aaron Durall from New York, um, who just like completely changed his game in photography during quarantine. Um, and his Twitter is Hey Aaron Durall, and that's A A R O N D U R A L L. So I just want to like shout out him because I feel like oh yeah 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 um, and I, his Instagram is uh, just his name Aaron Durall yeah um, because he's chill he's cool I like his work and I feel like if I'm gonna shout out somebody that isn't the other person you're looking at <laughs> or uh, the wondrous beautiful Joey Miller with his piercing blue Joey. eyes um, then I figured I'd just randomly shout out the first person. I <laughs> <laughs> and then on his uh joey's instagram that beautiful sandwich that he got in oregon uh yeah. message him about it. i'm like that looks great where'd you get it from <laughs> i did the same thing uh but yeah thanks so much for uh for doing this episode it's been a, it's been a good conversation you never know if we'll do a follow-up in the future or not because we're all young here hopefully changing the time yeah um but yeah sorry i hope i don't look too sweaty because <laughs> oh yeah my my air conditioner is off because it's so loud and it's like 80 degrees in my apartment right now i took so, off my hat honestly i took off my pants i'm just like god damn it it's so fucking hot all right well it's great talking with you you can follow him at those different things i'll also be down in the description and if you're curious about my work it's all at jeff smoody all of it is the same jeffsmoody.com as well so well, yeah thanks for listening guys and i'll see you guys hopefully whenever the next one comes out, which I got a couple people in mind. So see you guys then.